Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Our number one of the get right with Reggie KG on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers. 105.3 The Fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Ross Lebinski holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation with you for the next four hours tonight, got a really fun show for you here on 105.3 The Fan coming up in 19 minutes. Yeah, like, what makes it fun? I don't know what you're talking about. Vach Lombardi, okay. uh, he's going to make it a lot of fun at 720 of the volume. Going to be talking some Cowboys football as we are at the halfway point of the NFL season. Yeah, thereabouts. Halfway-ish, if you will, there since they play go. 17 of these things, not 16 anymore. And then coming up at 8 o'clock tonight, Special guest, ESPN's Tim McMahon. That's real disrespectful to Vach. He ain't special. I'm That's just, crazy. Wow, Reg. I'm going to tell him you said that. You didn't even have, he, he, Vach knows how special he is. Okay. Okay. That sounds like a compensation to me. Okay. okay. Uh, Tim McMahon, Band McMahon, going to be joining us uh, at 8 o'clock tonight while we watch the Deep Eddie Vodka Celebrity Pickleball Showdown. You might be watching. I'm going to find something else to watch here shortly. Uh, it's weird, <laughs> man. It's a, it's, a, it's a Dallas sports off night. It is, but Dirk Nowitzki said, don't worry about it. I got you. Uh, as he's going to be out there with some pickleball, celebrity pickleball, I guess. And apparently from the uh, 325 on the truckwreck.com text line, uh, Dirk playing pickleball right now at Farmer's Branch Country Club. Uh, their dad apparently is filming him and doing a sit-down interview with him for, for Bally Sports. Okay. Uh, so shout out to the uh, three two three two five there. How about that? And the three two the three two five father. <laughs> right. I exactly. Guess. Very, yeah, very nice. There you go. We're also live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam and on YouTube as well. Make sure you hit the subscribe button while you are there. But we kick off our conversations tonight here with the Dallas Cowboys as they have their customary off day on Tuesday as they get ready to get back onto the practice field. Uh, tomorrow. By the way, apparently Dirt Nowitzki and Jason Kidd teaming up against Scotty Scheffler and Marty Turco. If you're interested in the uh, celebrity pickleball, very good showdown. Very good. I already told you I wasn't, but thank you. I just wanted to make sure that you knew what was what was happening because you seemed so unenthused by the idea of what was happening there. I mean, I, I wish those gentlemen well. <laughs> I will not be directing my attention. And yes, two one four. I understand the NHL is going tonight, but we don't have stars hockey. So, That's right. Again. A Dallas Fort Worth sports um, off night. And low key, we kind of need a breather. Uh, the last month and a half or so has been kind of wild around these parts. Hadn't, if you hadn't heard, uh, the Rangers won, oh, that's right, the World Series. I think I heard about that. Uh, so it's been a little busy around here. So a nice off night isn't, isn't too bad, actually. And you can just check out the Get Right uninterrupted, listening or watching. So how about that? Very good. Are the Cowboys better or worse than we expected coming into this season? That's the question that we kick off our conversations off tonight with. Are the Cowboys better or worse than we expected coming into the season now that the Cowboys have played eight games and they get ready for the Giants coming in? No Daniel Jones, torn ACL, done for the season and coming off of a disappointing loss on the road in a divisional game to the Philadelphia Eagles. Where do you stand on that particular question? 
Um, I know that this is you know, we're very early into the segment. Uh huh. You know, doing the absolute thing can very well, you know, just put an end to the segment. But this is very clearly this is a worse team than what was expected. Mm. And I can do this off Ooh, of like okay. We can do this off of the strength of the easy thing. Hey man, you lost your number one cornerback in this regard, right? Trayvon Diggs was lost for the season. That's right. And this defense was clearly going to be the tip of the spear for this Cowboys team this year. You had the offense kind of geared towards, um, at least when it came to the the messaging from your head coach, Mike McCarthy, the offense was geared towards playing to this team's strength, which everybody was acknowledging, including him, was the defense. And your defense has been lessened by not having that, that guy out there. That's one. Two, in trying to change your offense, you decided we're going to try and play a little bit more ball control in theory, right? We're going to try and accentuate and play complimentary football to the defense and how how you know where you going to do that obviously not turn the football over which i mean largely good job on that and run the football oh well that's yeah that's oof, oof, oof. like the running of the football has been a very very uh bad experience for the cowboys through the first half ish of the season mm-hmm. and so like those things you look at those two things and i feel very clearly that this is not as good of a football team as you anticipated, before we get any deeper, those two things make it very clear to me that I can't I can't say that this is a better team than what was expected. Yeah, this is tough because you look at the start that this team has had through the first eight games of the season, and you think about this is a team that's either been blowing out a bunch of teams or getting blown out by other teams. Sure. You blow out the Giants. You handle business against the Jets. You obviously lose in a bad way against the Arizona Cardinals. You get your ass kicked by the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. You know, they have been kind of up and down so far this season, given some of the expectations that you had coming into this year. But I think for where they are, and this may be a cop-out answer, I might be pulling a Reg out of Tula. I think they're about where I don't where like we, that you made that a verb. I don't like that, but continue, you're welcome. please. You're welcome. Uh-huh. Uh, I think they're about where we thought they were going to be. Oh, he said it's a push. Yeah, I like it. That's fun. It, yeah, I think it's push. Um, I mean, look, what did you expect through the first eight games of the season? Did you expect them to be seven and one, six and two, five and three where they are right now, four and four? I think they're about where they are given what they've experienced, but also what the schedule will lend itself to as the schedule gets a little bit easier especially over the next three games for this team. When you look at they play the Giants, the Panthers, and the Commanders, we could be looking at a team here in the next three weeks that goes from 5-3 and three to 8-3. and three. And depending on what happens with the Philadelphia Eagles, when you look at their schedule right now. Oh, they've got a gulag going into the next Cowboys game. That's right. So for them, they're on their bye week this upcoming week. But after that, they come out of the break against the Chiefs on the road. And then at home against the Buffalo Bills and the San Francisco 49ers before they come back to AT&T Stadium on December 10th. You could be in a situation where that game uh, between the Cowboys and the Eagles could be very, very important given what those two teams winning streak-wise for the Cowboys and maybe losing streak-wise for the Philadelphia Eagles on December 10th. So I think they're right where they want to be, although the way that we've gotten here maybe has not been some of the desired result given the way that we thought this team was coming into this season. Yeah, I don't know if I can fully co-sign that, getting embarrassed by the Cardinals. If we're doing the schedule game, right? Mm-hmm. We're not just talking in general. When we start doing the schedule game. You should have absolutely won that you look game. At the, you should have competed in that game, right? Looking looking non-competitive against the Arizona Cardinals makes this really hard to sell, 
You know, and I'm not saying this is to say that this is a bad Cowboys team because I I just simply do not believe that to be the case. It's a good football team. However, right, this was a team that was expected to be one of the top three teams in the NFC, and you can do the math where they are four. You can easily get to that place. And so that's the thing that gives me some some concern when it comes to this Cowboys team. Um, now, the schedule leading up to the rematch with the, uh, with the Eagles here in Arlington is favorable. However, now, you know, obviously you were talking about how the Eagles have a tough run up. What happens is after that Eagles game, it gets a little tough for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So, like, they kind of have the flip of that where the schedule strength is not built in in this middle section. It's actually built towards the end of the season. Um, and so maybe you say that gives them a run up or maybe that gives them an in- instance where they are playing their, you know, the, the toughest opponents and hopefully in a in a vibe where they are ready to go play postseason football more more than anything. It's just when they get to playing tough teams, they need to compete and they need to, as you were talking about yesterday and a lot of our Tolos on the text line, Twitch, YouTube, we're talking about they need to find ways to to finish out. But the things that still I think about are, you know, making sure that you make it easier for your offense to be effective and then being able to run the football in some way, shape, or form. And then obviously your defense has to be locked down because that was the expectation coming in. And right now, not all of those things are seem like they're in uh, in sight, at least in the halfway point. And so, no, this is clearly not as good of a team as the expectations were coming in because the expectations were rightfully high um, as as they seemingly are for the Cowboys consistently. And it's the funny thing with this Cowboys team is you could look at the win-loss record over the last decade, decade and a half, and say, this is a pretty good football team. They yeah. put up records, but this is a disappointment of a franchise over those years because the expectation has been high, because of the 90s, because of what this historically has been. And so you can ask people and say, playoffs is not the standard. Deep runs Super Bowl, uh, you know, visits are the standard. And right now you look at this team and this does not feel like a Super Bowl visit standard team. And that's why I definitely can't say that they're they're a better team than expected. I can't get anywhere near that. It's interesting because some of the national discussion coming out of the Eagles game has been the idea that you look around at the rest of the NFC, you say, well, maybe the Cowboys are a Super Bowl contender given some of the losses that San Francisco's experienced. Obviously a texter mentioning that the, you know, Jets beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Every team in this league is going to have a bad loss or two. Kansas City, before beating Miami this past weekend, lost the previous week to the Denver Broncos. There are going to be really good teams that have really bad losses. Certainly. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they are or are not contenders. When you look at the NFC particularly, though, we thought coming into the year it was San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Dallas. Honestly, where I am right now, I still have Dallas and Philadelphia right there. And to some degree, San Francisco. Now, the Lions have obviously been able to play really well so far this year as well. And they've put themselves in this conversation. But you still look at the top of the NFC. It's really still, for me, those three teams. And how much more can the Lions prove as the rest of the season goes on? No Seahawks in that that mix at all? Actually, they got their ass kicked by Baltimore. Who, boy, I'm not too sure about that. And we'll find that out here when Dallas plays Seattle Mm -hmm. down the road as well, where they stand as far as this conversation is concerned. So I think for a lot of people, for the text line, 877-881-1053, concerns about the run game and the lack thereof and whether or not this team offensively going into the second half of the year is going to have to rely on Dak Prescott to throw them to wins because it doesn't seem like there's enough balance between the run game and the passing game to make you feel good about the idea that they can find some semblance of that run game going into the second half. 
of the season right now. Yeah, that's that's wildly frustrating as well. Yes, um, because the pass the pass blocking has not been stellar either. It's it, there has been a lot of individual brilliance that started showing up as evidenced by um, the Eagles game. The last three weeks for Dak Prescott have been very good as a quarterback, and I think that especially with the amount of, you know, Dak non-believers, for lack of a better term. I don't know what the right term would be to use there, but for the folks that have some some Dak skeptics is the words or the phrase that I'll use. There, there's a good amount of Dak skeptics within this, um, within this fan base, within the folks that um, look at this team. And if you do have that, that perspective, I've got to imagine that you look at the inability to run and you you are really concerned because the idea that you're going to load it all on Dak Prescott's shoulders and have him throw your way to success is not a reasonable ex- expectation. And even if you believe in Dak Prescott's ability, now what are you expecting him to do in the highest levels of throwing yourself to a win? Because this, and can you protect him enough to allow him to throw you to wins? That that's a whole nother question that you have to ask. And you're not I don't I don't think you're going to go and find some level of um offensive line help. I don't think that that's necessarily coming. And so you're going to have to work with what you have here to piece some together. And I don't know that you're there's going to be a magical jump anywhere from this line. And that speaks to protection, pass protection, and it speaks to clearing out lanes to run in. When you look at the standing so far on the NFC now that most teams have played Eight or nine games. You got Philadelphia at eight and one, Detroit at six and two, San Francisco at five and three, New Orleans at five and four by virtue of leading the NFC South right now. Seattle would be a playoff team at five and three. Dallas would be a playoff team at five and three. And Minnesota right now would be the final playoff team in the NFC at five and four. I don't take Minnesota seriously because they got questions at quarterback. With Josh Dobbs having to step in there now. Well, that's that's the answer. It's just how good of an answer is it actually? Uh, New Orleans, offensively, they're starting to find it a little bit over the last few weeks with Derek Carr in that offense. Seattle, we'll find out how good they are when they come to Dallas in a few weeks. And to the Texas point as well, yeah, Detroit got their ass kicked by Baltimore as well. Uh, Baltimore, that's a good Baltimore team, I was about to say, Baltimore yeah. is probably the best team in the NFL For right sure. now. So there's no shame in losing to Baltimore the way that they're playing. But again, at the top, You've got Philadelphia, Detroit, San Francisco, and then Dallas would be a sixth seed right now. If the playoffs started today, do you know, gentlemen, who the Cowboys would play and where they would be going? Don't tell me this. Don't tell me what I'm expecting to hear right now. The Cowboys would be headed to Santa Clara to take on the San Francisco 49ers for a third consecutive year in the playoffs. Yeah, that's where things stand right now if the season were to end today with the Cowboys being the sixth seed and San Francisco being the three seed. But San Francisco doesn't feel the same right now. Now, as they get healthier as they go on, maybe they start to refine some of that rhythm that they had when they were destroying everybody, including Dallas, sure. uh, earlier on this year. But that's... I mean, the, the defense there is not as good as it was previously. Still a good defense. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the offense, I think you're starting to see just the limitations that Brock Purdy brings, not necessarily meaning that he is a bad quarterback, but there are some limitations. But still, that is a team that even with those things – Still appears to be a very good football team in this yeah. league. So there you go. Uh, the Cowboys at five and three through eight games of the season. They get ready to play their ninth game on Sunday where they are taking on the New York football Giants without Daniel Jones, without uh, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Tommy DeVito will be the starter, it appears, for the New York Giants on Sunday afternoon, a game at 325 on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, Vach Lombardi of The Volume. He is going to join us to give us his thoughts on the Cowboys 
at about the halfway point of this season. We do it next on 105 Through the Fan. Back here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion, Texas Rangers 105. Three of the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, mm-hmm. Ross Lebinski holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. Coming up in just a moment via the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline, Vach Lombardi on the volume. Going to be joining us here to talk a little Cowboys, a little NFL here on your home of the Cowboys. Coming up in 18 minutes, we'll go around the National Football League, get you caught up on the latest news and notes, including... A very interesting quarterback signing in Los Angeles that went down today. We'll get to the NFL, around the NFL here in 18 minutes. Right now, though, we do go to the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline where we welcome in one of our absolute favorite guests. You can find him on the volume, the Vach Lombardi Show, most days at 3 o'clock. Vach Lombardi joining us here on the Get Right Vach. What's going on? What's good, fellas? Shouts out to everybody listening. Shouts out to Boomer Jacks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, one thing I love about Vach is Vach is a true YouTube person. He is. So he hopped in. He hopped in on our YouTube, 105 Through the Fan, before in the first segment. So I know that you heard us talking about how this team compares to expectation coming into the season. Did you hear yeah, anything sure. that you felt like you needed to uh, combat? Is there? What were your opinions on that conversation? Um, listen, man, this whole, this whole cowboy thing is a roller coaster. I don't know what we're going to talk about this week because I really can't give you like previews of the giants. Look, I I was fully ready to come in here and just be on the internet all week and just terrorize Eagle fans, but we lost. So now I got to talk about the, you know, the Danny DeVito cousin kid or whatever. Right. (laughs) You know, so in real life, we, we all, we all had a feel that this was going to go a certain way. Like, like Mike McCarthy lied to everybody and some of y'all fell for it. They say, we going to run the football and we are going to be led by our defense. That is cool, but we are throwing the hell out the football. We can't run it, and our defense is giving up points. So now we got to figure this thing out on the fly. Um, the good thing about it, though, the good thing about it, and this ain't just me being cliche vice. This is typically how the league works. It's not about who gets hot early. It's about who gets hot later. So it, it just seems to be that we're figuring this thing out slowly but surely. Shouts out to Mike McCarthy, man. He might be listening. He might not be listening. Whatever. But the one thing that I'm just kind of disliking is when you listen to him, it's it's almost like you getting this vibe that he's saving all of the good stuff for the end of the season, right? He'll just say things like, hey, man, we haven't got to that package yet. Like, hey, we just haven't stumbled upon this certain look yet. I'm like, dog, when you play San Francisco and the Eagles, you need to pull that out right now. But maybe <laughs> – but maybe, you know, towards the end of the season when we get that long stretch of evil games that we got to play, we got to go Seahawks, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, and Lions. Maybe we'll get some of those uh, some of those good plays. And, hey, maybe going into the playoffs, we'll be a good weather team that know how to deal with tough games. But until then, we can't be good teams. Completely unrelated. A scammer will always tell you that the benefit is coming. Just hang along. Yeah. Completely unrelated to what we were talking about. I just want you to understand that. That was just something I decided to say. This could be you. This could be you. We're Uh going to be successful and you could be a part of that whole thing. I've been scammed before. I've been scammed before. Uh, Vach, I'm going to keep this very simple for you. Hey, what's going on with the offensive line in the run game? Let me tell you something, man. Just because you good at right guard don't mean you good at right tackle, dog. Just because you you have a fantastic day at left tackle, that don't mean Chuma Doug is gonna be good on the first drive. Uh, when when you when you watch the film, I'm gonna do this two different ways. I'm I'm gonna tell you what I say, then I'm gonna tell you what your head coach said. Okay. All right. Um, what I say is when you watch film, 
the five of us have to be on one accord. I take that back. I apologize. The six to seven of us, that's including, you know, tight ends and running backs. I've seen plays where the front seven gets gets blocked perfectly, but Tony or Rico Dowd like run directly into the other team. Or, you know, you know, I've I've seen the left side be perfect, but Zach will get beat by somebody or Terrence will get beat by somebody. It just it just seems to be that we haven't found this rhythm. And what your head coach says is that the only reason we're not that, that fantastic in the run game is that we don't have the attempts. Now, this is what made me chuckle real loud because your head coach is also your play caller. Mm-hmm. So I feel like play caller, if, if you want to improve your run game based on what you're saying, you need more attempts, why don't you call – more attempts, but this is where Mike McCarthy's lying to you because it don't just take more attempts. It takes better everything. It takes better running back. It takes it takes better offensive line blocking. It takes a better scheme, right? And you know this is the case because instead of continuing to run the ball to try to fix the run game, we just say, oh, we just throw the ball. We'll just throw it with that 40 times, you know what I'm saying? So that, that seems to be what I'm getting from this. I don't think they have an answer for the run game, but let's just keep throwing the football. But he just can't come out and say that. If he came out and said, oh, national media go crazy, crazy with that um i think if you just ask me though i think a big part of the the reason that we're not doing that great is we have pieces and we can use these pieces many different ways but the problem is with the cowboys is that we don't we don't know how to make cd great we don't know how to keep Jake Ferguson good, but then distribute everything else. We can only do one thing at a time. So what that means to me is Tony Pollard is stellar on outside runs and catching the football, but we may do that with him twice. Rico Dowdle is stellar, you know, uh, from from tackle to tackle, but we only give Rico Dowdle the ball three times and one gets called back from a Luke Schoonmaker hole. Or Hunter Lickie is fantastic in whatever in short. But we don't give it to them. So the 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 Cowboys, in which I do give them credit for this, the offense has gotten better every single week. It's mm-hmm. gone from absolutely prehistoric, Flintstone ridiculous to okay, if we keep playing like this, this this could be cool. But what the Cowboys have to figure out in this next, I I don't know what it's like nine weeks now, seventeen games messing me up. What we got to do over the next seven, eight, or nine games is we got to figure out how to keep giving CD the ball. How to get how to get Ferguson seven, eight, nine targets. Let's just say eight targets, but then we gotta get Brandon Cooks involved. And then we gotta find a way to get Turpin involved. I love Michael Gallup to pieces, but some of his targets need to go to somebody else. And then this stable of running backs that you that you hyped up so much in the offseason, this this bruising uh kid, uh uh Lipke, you know, this this Rico Dowder that runs like his hair is on fire. We need to use those guys. But right now we're not using those guys, so we're not gonna have a run game or two we use those guys. So it sounds like it's all Mike McCarthy's fault is what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, it's all Mike McCarthy's fault, man. Look, he at the top. <laughs> hey, he, he at the top. He, look, he, not only is he at the top, but in terms of, of offense and pecking order, he's the first two dudes. He's the, he's, the, he's the head coach and the dude that's calling the plays. So he gets twice the blame. Yes, it's his fault. But let me just get you because I, I just want to give Mike McCarthy all the flowers in the world because I think he's a great head coach. When he has an issue, if there's a problem going on in, in Cowboy land, he will fix the problem. Jason Garrett would just keep running up A-gap all day until we win. That wasn't <laughs> going to do it. Mike McCarthy will fire his best friends. He will fire dudes he's been cool with for, for 40 years. I believe Mike McCarthy will fire himself, not from head coach, but from play calling. And whatever he sees working, I promise you, man, Mike McCarthy's going to look at it and be like, all right, let me just do some more of this. Because that's all he's done. So I got faith that he can fix it, but but he got to see it first. 
So we'll see if he sees it first and then fix it. We have seen himself fire himself from play calling. You remember that time when he was in Green Bay and then he gave away play calling duties and then he took it back and then he gave it away and then he took it back. <laughs> remember that? Um, Aaron Rodgers, hey, just, just, just give it to me, Aaron. Just give it to me, Mike. I- I'll do it. I'll do it. Listen, listen, bro. I never said Mike McCarthy wasn't, wasn't toxic and selfish. I just said <laughs> what I've seen so far from him. Okay, so, so within the Mike McCarthy sphere, as we have kind of settled into a theme here, Okay, let's say that they figure out schematically what to do. What is there to be done about game management? Because it does feel like when it comes down, if, in situations where this Cowboys team is going to win games in the postseason, in those, those big games, you're going to need to do the right things in big moments. And thus far in his tenure, at least uh, we can at least talk about the ways that the last two seasons have ended and then this past game, um, it feels like those decisions have been a little off. It, does that feel like a fair assessment or am I off there? No, I mean, I mean that's that's fair, but you know, I think what a lot of us don't understand, and many of us do understand, because there's some good people. But I think every coach got, you know, kind of got a problem with game management somehow. It's mm-hmm. just that we we have Mike McCarthy under this under this microscope. Listen, if we would have won the game, we wouldn't have a thing to say about you know uh, Mike McCarthy's game management. But a false start here and a Terrence Steele getting whooped there, all of a sudden Mike McCarthy got bad game management, right? And look, as long as you win, all these small concerns they just they just go out the window and it don't matter i'll give you a perfect example uh cowboy fans remember this remember mike nolan was coaching he was the uh he was the uh dc and he was in the booth and cowboy fans were saying oh mike nolan's in the booth that's why we trash on defense well dan quinn has been in the booth since he's been here and nobody got a thing to say about dan quinn being in the booth because we win it because he's because he's he's running this good defense so mike mccarthy just simply needs success if we can just win these games, it's not like we can't win these games because we close. It's just that, boy, Terrence, Ch- Terrence, Terrence Green, Chaz Steele. Wow. And look, I, I love Terrence to pieces, man, because he's done some fa- fantastic work. He's improved. Duke Duke Bannyweather takes these broken offensive linemen and he fix them and they come back as studs. But he had a terrible game at the worst possible time, man. And, and, I just think if that play didn't exist and if the false start didn't exist, I think we're looking at a whole nother vibe this week, man. But we just got to learn how to beat those those good teams. We got to learn how to finish. This is what I will say about the Eagles. I think we're the better team than the Eagles because we found every way to try to give away the game and they still just you know, just barely beat us. Like you would think we'd we'd have got blown out by what happened, leaving twenty points on the board, leaving you know penalties and all this kind of stuff, right? But the difference is the Eagles just kind of know how they just know how to. Win. Win. I don't even know if this is something that's that's tangible or like that can be measured, but the Eagles, they just, hey, we hang around in these games. We're not looking all that impressive, but we eight and one, whatever. The Cowboys got to learn how to do that non-tangible nonsense, right? Regardless of how we play, can we overcome whatever nonsense that we've done on the field so far and just pull out a win? The minute we learn how to do that, we'll be a better team and we won't be thinking about this small stuff. We got five tough teams at the end of the season that's going to teach us how to do that, I believe. Vice Lombardi of the Volume joining us here on the Get Right with Reggie KG here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers 105 through the fan. To that point, then, as I don't know how much we'll learn about the Cowboys when they take on the Giants, who are just decimated right now, especially at the most important position in the sport at quarterback. But what did you learn from that Cowboys game against the Philadelphia Eagles that you feel like can be taken with you going forward for the rest of the season that can give maybe some fans some confidence about their ability to start winning some of those kinds of games when they need to now? If Dak Prescott can do this 13 more times, we own the sum. 
if Dak Prescott could just do what he like the whatever he's done the last three weeks, if he could just do that thirteen more times, then we'll be on to something. I feel like you can change small things about your team, right? Like, hey, uh, defense, can we not give up touchdowns on the first drive or something like that? You can fix that. Can we not give up big plays? Can we uh, can we learn how to run the football? If it's dealing with linebackers, running backs, offensive line, defensive line, and corner safeties, I feel like you can fix those things as the season goes on. But you live and die by your quarterback position. Now, if every other thing on your team was good, but your quarterback was trash, like the Jets or something like that, the Jets ain't going to win many games for you, right? But look at what the Cowboys are. The Cowboys are a team that's figuring this thing out but if i can hang my hat on anybody i know that if we can block it up front if we could just not die up front four can take us to the promised land i know that for sure and there's a lot of people that don't feel that way about four but think about what's happened to four when he's in these situations right whether it be uh his o-line ain't good or is uh, or or is cedric wilson and noah brown your wide receivers or something like that you know it's always something getting in the way of Dak's success right but if Dak is doing this this thing that he's doing, right? If if they say, oh, Dak, we don't want you to run, but he say, if y'all about to run anyway, and, and, and it just works, if Dak keeps doing this, I can hang my hat on that. Because at the end of the day, you know, even when we do get into those tough games, right, I just I just keep bringing that up. That is Dak versus Geno Smith. We know what Dak versus, versus Jalen Hurst looks like, or Dak versus Josh Allen. Josh Allen's a fraud, by the way. Uh, uh, Dak versus Tua. I, 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 I'm going with my quarterback in those matchups. We just need the rest of the guys to catch up. I got faith that, that Dan is going to get that defense back to his old ways, and I ain't saying I got faith in Mike McCarthy, but I got more faith in Dak than anything. <laughs> So, hey, man, I think we'll be fine, man. And that could just me being an optimistic Homer Cowboy fan, but it's a it's a quarterback league. And the past, what, four weeks, three weeks, your quarterback has been sensational. What you want me to say? I do love that you just snuck in there, that Josh Allen is a fraud. I love the spice. You see, you heard that? You I heard that? I love the spice that you added. Uh, just, just to have a little fun with it, um, open-ended prompt, uh, why is C.D. Lamb him? <laughs> Well, and this is the funny part about it, right? I see a bunch of my media friends saying, hey, what's going on with this emergence of C.D. Lamb? Man, C.D. Lamb been here. We just throwing it to him. <laughs> we just finally, we, we're finally using C.D. Lamb how we're supposed to use him. There should be no excuse why C.D. Lamb should get seven targets. If, if you look around the league, all you got to do is look at what the good teams are doing. Just find out what the good teams are doing, right? So when Cooper Cup was healthy, like, look at what the Rams are doing with him. And it's like almost every week Cooper Cup will get double-digit targets. How do you think that's the case? Well, you just decide as a play call, let's get the ball to Cooper Cup. So I don't think it's, it's you know, ridiculously strange that, hey, this wide receiver who's the best one on your team that we've been saying is him for a long time and he's whooping everybody in training camp, let's just get to the real game and get it to him seven times. No, throw it at him 12 and he'll catch 11 and and then see what happens. And CeeDee Lamb is, is him. He, he been him. Just throw it to him. Same for Cooks. I'm sure, I'm sure, like, look, Brandon Cooks ain't him, but he's at least he or they. <laughs> just throw it to him and see and, and see how he he can be. You know what I'm saying? But whatever. See how he he can be. I love it, Vach. You Look, you bring it every single time. I appreciate you so much, my man. Tell where they can hey, find man. you. <laughs> hey, man, find me, find me on the volume on YouTube, all right? It's Colin Cowherd's network. They brought me over there to keep him accountable. And you can find me, Vach Lombardi, on YouTube and Twitter, V-O-C-H-L-O-N-B-A-R-D-I. Appreciate y'all, fellas. Appreciate you, Vach, for joining us, man, as always, man. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah.
<laughs> that's gonna live rent free in my head for the rest of the week, man. See how much he he, 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 he it was it feels, he at least he like it feels like he 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 remixed the what was it, the U.S. Marines? That's right. Be, be all be he, all the he, he you can be. be. I love it. He was preaching. I love it. We go around the NFL next on the get right. About to go around the National Football League here on the Get Right. We're Reggie KG here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion, Texas Rangers 105-3, the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Latatula, mm-hmm. Ross Lebinski holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. Thank you to Vodge Lombardi of The Volume for joining us last segment via the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. Every single time. The love for Vodge just flowing in uh, on Twitter or on Twitch. On Twitch, they said, uh, forgot how good he was, which I don't know how that happens. Yeah, I don't know how you forget that because he is spectacular. Shout out to uh, Twello Justin, uh, Swaggy Booties. You got who else in there? Uh, S. Dawkins, yeah. 7 in there. Uh, Lady T. Yeah, all of the uh, the Twellos hanging out with us. Appreciate y'all. And we got some people in the YouTube as well. We got Toy Ranch, Loki, Joker, Little mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys. A lot of a lot of folks hanging out on the digital support, uh, platforms that we also broadcast on. Mm-hmm. Live on Twitch and on YouTube as well. Coming up at the top of the hour, ESPN's Tim McMahon covering the Dallas Mavericks and the NBA going to be joining us. Talk a little Mavericks basketball. Surprise, he's not out at a farmer's ranch hanging out with a lot of patrons taking in this pickleball tournament okay. uh, featuring Dirk Nowitzki, Jason Kidd, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, y'all never, y'all never going to sell me on this pickleball, man. Uh, well, um, they, they clearly don't have to worry about you because Luca kicking it. That's right. Uh, Brian Damaris, you got Nico Harrison, all, all of them just kicking it in uh, Dirk Nowitzki's box up there. So, you know, shout out to them. Yeah, no, good for them. Like, look, I I don't think that anybody really needs to be too concerned about what I do and do not care about, <laughs> but I just want to let you know because I do have this platform. Not Not my forte. Not one I care about. You know what you sound like now, right now? What is that? You sound like the meme of Stephen A. Smith, which is, we don't care. I'm just here to tell you, we We don't don't care. care. We really don't. That's what all of your face and all of your words gave me just now as you were describing that. Uh, Ross, let's go around the National Football League here on the Get Right. As we do, we start in Los Angeles because... He's back. He is back, and that being Carson Wentz, he's back in the National Football League after the Los Angeles Rams decided to move on uh, from Brett Rippon, and they bring in the former Eagles, Commanders, and Colts quarterback to be a part of their quarterback room. He will back up Matthew Stafford going forward. So the Rams signing Carson Wentz today according to multiple reports, uh, to back up, as I mentioned, Matthew Stafford. The the Rams made the signing during their bye week, giving Wentz the opportunity to get in there, learn the playbook, and uh, continue to move forward there in that vein. You know what this feels like to me? This feels like they went and got great value, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I say that to mean this. When Ryan Fitzpatrick— Definitely more athletic. When Yes. When Ryan Fitzpatrick was—well, I don't know. When he was when he was going for real, he, he had a, some he had some uh, wiggle to him. Who? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Relax. He had a little wiggle to Relax. him, like when you, with the bills and such. No, he can You're move. You're doing a lot. He can move a little bit. You're doing a lot. And y'all be thinking, I hate Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, <laughs> one of the things about Ryan Fitzpatrick is I always said that he, until he actually did take someone's job, but he's like the perfect backup. Good enough to go out there and win you a game or two, but not good enough to where he's going to take, the, take that person's job. Carson Wentz is like that, but great value brand. You know how, it, like, you know, the generic brand, you go to the store and, you know, instead of getting the cereal in the box, you get the cereal in the bag. He's your true best buy open box special. 
Oh, that, that, ain't, that ain't no open box special. Well, it, it is because that TV is not going to work consistently. Um, and that's the Correct. thing. is like the high, the high level of this is like you can get a starting caliber player when he is playing well. The problem is that is not going to last long. And when it is bad, it is bad bubble. And so, yeah, that's you're definitely going to need him as a backup. But if, if he has to come in, at least he has the high-end possibility. And I imagine – um, Sean McVay is like a lot of football coaches and maybe even more so in thinking I can fix him, right? Like if, yep. if we keep him within, and that's the, the, the insidious one with Carson Wentz is I think a lot of coaches look, if we can kind of keep him inside of these boundaries, if we can keep him from going outside of himself, we can do that. Except he has a lot of James, Jameis Winston in that uh, situation where no, 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 this is a feature. Like this, this is built in, buddy. Like I, I was still just come with it. <laughs> I was one of those dudes where I, I mean, when he came through, what was it with the Colts? I think was the last one where I was like, okay, but listen, if I Frank get it. Wright couldn't do it. I was like, I, I get it. I get all the bad things happen, but if you can keep him within this realm, and I saw that Colts run, I was like, okay, who was I fooling myself? Chris Why was I fooling myself? He cannot keep it within. This is a part of it. And I, Sean McVay is going to learn that himself, but I guess he looked up and was like, it's probably better than Brett Rippin. Maybe. I love the fact that Chris Ballard, the GM of the Indianapolis Colts, got so upset after the whole thing with Carson Wentz went south. He said, hey, you know what, Frank? You and your boy can get out. Frank got out at the end of the year. Carson, you already gone. You can get out, too. Well, that's how it works. When you vouch for somebody, you put your credibility on your line, and it, it bounced. Ballard said, you can go. It bounced. He ruined your credibility. He ruined your credit, literally. Ruining my rep around here. Get your ass out of here. Uh, I will say, though, I kind of like it. Not gonna lie, and some of the reasons you kind of laid out. If anybody we falling for the jig, we falling I, I kind I kind of right, am. Okay, yeah. I'm not gonna. I kind of am. Not gonna lie, <laughs> because Sean McVay is a offensive genius. Like him a lot. His offensive coordinator is Mike Lafleur. Now, do you know who Mike Lafleur is? Yeah, that's uh, Matt Lafleur's brother. That's Matt Lafleur's brother. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know, maybe he got the little offensive thing to him too. But here's the thing: Wentz goes to a low pressure situation. Stafford's the entrenched starter there. He can come in with no pressure, learn, and I think to McVay's point, for him, he will try to, as you mentioned, keep things simple for him mm-hmm. and try to make things, you know, a little bit easier for Wentz to be able to to handle things. But, hey, man, good luck with that. That first interception going to hit like crack. Woo! We're going to be like, well, we, we, t- we tried to tell you, Sean. We knew this was going to happen. We tried to tell it you, Sean. It was going to happen. Yeah. You, t- you mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is the epitome of Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know how? How so? We always know how it's going to end. We always knew how it was eventually going to end. With Ryan. No matter how much magic Fitz Magic showed you That's throughout the, the course of a year, you knew it was going to happen at the end, and we all knew what the end of the movie was. That's the problem. I don't know. We got towards the end, and people felt acted, were acting like they forgot how it's always going to end with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that's the thing that drove me up the wall. <laughs> y'all were like, oh, this dude's magic. I was like, no, he's doing the thing he always does. You y'all just falling have to wait. for it again. You have to wait for the foot to drop, <laughs> the second foot to drop. Uh, speaking of quarterback, shout out to uh, Will Chambers, stand-up Kentucky. You got a starting quarterback in the NFL now going forward. As Will Levis has been named the permanent starter by Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans, despite the fact that Ryan Tannehill is back and apparently ready to go, Mike Vrabel said, actually, uh, no, we're good there. We're going to go with the rookie. And Will Levis saying, keep it moving with the Tennessee Titans for the rest of the season with him. They've been trying to get rid of the uh, Ryan Tannehill thing for a minute. Um, He held on just a little bit longer. But, no, I mean, this makes sense, right? You saw good things out of Will Levis when you got him on the field, and you gave up. Well, you used a second-round pick on him. Not to say that that's going to throw off everything, but it's not like you had a plan built in, right? It's very evident as an organization you wanted to move on from Ryan Tannehill. 
Malik they, uh, Malik Willis didn't give you enough for you to feel like that was going to definitely be your future. And so you you used uh, significant draft capital on Will Levis, given an opportunity to play in that situation and see what you have. And right now you've seen good flashes. So give him the remainder of the season, which it seems like he's going to get to figure out and, you know, if that's going to be definitively your next quarterback or a gap quarterback of some sorts, or if you need to go and answer this question again. But I, I mean, this seems like good, uh, good management from uh, Tennessee. There are two people on this planet who I need to meet. Okay. Number one, I need to meet the agent of Jimbo Fisher. Number two, I need to meet the agent of Ryan Tannehill. Because how those two individuals got two organizations to get them to con them out of money because, never forget. You're doing a lot. Jimbo Fisher stealing a bunch of money right now at Texas A&M. That's fair. Ryan Tannehill did the same in Tennessee. Okay? He's finishing up a four-year, $118 million contract with the Tennessee Titans. And he's about to be on his way out the door as a free agent. This upcoming offseason, I need to meet those two individuals to figure out how they were able to con that kind of money out of both Texas A&M and Tennessee. I need to meet them. <sighs> okay, so the they Jim- did a great job. The Jimbo thing is like we could look at the quarterbacks, right? He was supposedly a quarterback whisperer, or maybe he just got the good quarterback in the, in, in those instances. Maybe right? he just got his car his, uh, his Cam Newton for one year with Jameis Winston at one time. Yeah, and then one thing that you can also look at because this is not a co- college football segment, so I do want to move on from yeah. this relatively quickly. But look at the ways that the cupboards were bare at Florida State when he ran off to get that all money at Texas A&M. Okay, that's one thing. Ryan Tannehill was actually good. Was he? Yes. He was okay, and he had a really good running game. Derrick Henry did a lot of protecting. Why are you separating those two two things out like a running game does not add to playing quarterback? Because Ryan Tannehill's never been good. You sound a real Bill Polian right now, my boy. When have you ever thought Ryan Tannehill was any type of – Just because his skin looked like that? You think that they can't do that to him? Is that what you're doing? You holding my boy down. Because he's not – I don't like that. I don't like what you're doing right Tannehill now. Tannehill is kind of y'all to think that he was actually good at this at the NFL level. Ryan Tannehill was not a bad quarterback. He was, as you would like to say, aggressively fine. And what was their other option? Remember, like, he came in as a backup. And then they had Mariota doing the job, or not doing the job, rather. Yes. And he came in and he did the job sufficiently. Now, of course, they understood what he was, and they gave him an offense that was going to run the ball significantly and those types of things. But he was good enough to do what they wanted to do, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> From the 817 A&M fan here, how we end up catching strays here. Y'all paying $100 million to that cat. That's that how. con artist. And, 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 not only did you pay him, you went and got a whole bunch of miscreants <laughs> to put around him. <laughs> they really hired Bobby Petrino. Anyway, Carrot uh, Wilson, what's going on with him in, uh, in the New York Jets? What's, what's going on there? Apparently, they are sick of themselves. Uh, <laughs> I can't blame them, right? Because um, what's happening in, in – I love that. What they're, what's happening in New York is something that's understandable. You've got one unit who is carrying enough uh, – who is carrying more than their, due, uh, than their share of the project here, their group project, and you got someone over here fighting for their lives. <laughs> and so Garrett Wilson, being an actual good football player, is like, look, man, as an offense, we are not holding up our end of the uh, end of the bargain, which is 100% correct and 100% fair. And historically, we see how this goes. Hello, 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, that can be the demise of a team. So I un- absolutely understand him looking up and going, hey, man, uh, we're not doing our end of the bargain, and we need to we need to carry more. That's just a tough situation. I give Robert Sala a lot of credit for continuing to stick with this guy. I mean, really, he has no choice right now. And Zach Wilson and what's going on? They just out here doing all sorts of prayers and such to make sure that that uh, Aaron Rodgers Achilles come back together. That's all they got. Form right up now. like Voltron, real quick. They're 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 hanging on so much because this defense is overworked. They obviously can't get the kind of production they want to out of their star, you know, receivers when it comes, especially to Garrett Wilson. Because the quarterback is just not 
very good. But yet and still, I mean, they're fighting. I, I give the Jets a lot of credit for continuing the fight. They didn't fight much last night because it was not pretty on Monday Night Football. Uh, and yes, 817 on the Detroit Redder context line. I sense the theme here. Ryan Tannehill went to Texas A&M. That's right. You know, when he was at A&M, he played wide receiver a little bit. That's what should have told y'all. Athlete. Yeah. Athlete. You hear that? Athlete. They really. You got to add the extra syllable in there, too. Athlete. The Miami Dolphins took a converted wide receiver who was, as you, again, like to say, aggressively fine at like quarterback here. at Texas A&M and thought that that was going to work at an NFL level. That's nasty. You just being real, real disrespectful more to the proof, athletic quarterback. More proof mm, that the NFL really has no idea in hell what they're doing at times when it comes to evaluating and finding a quarterback. That's how desperate this league is to find a good one. That they took a very mediocre quarterback at Texas A&M and thought he could work at the NFL level. After playing wide receiver. KG Polian clocked into that. I appreciate you. Don't do, don't do that. What you mean? Don't I didn't do nothing. You're the one who keeps harping on this. I'm we just, moved away from this. No. They, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's your trip around the NFL and Texas A&M, apparently. <laughs> on, I didn't even go in on the assessment of Texas A&M. We could have we done more. No, we got to go. We got to go. We can't keep Bam McMahon waiting. We cannot. Coming up next here on the Get Right ESPN's Tim McMahon joins us to talk a little Mavericks and NBA basketball next on the Get Right.